G'day. Typical Australian greeting. Let's try it again. G'day. Some of you could be Aussies already. As a matter of fact, I met one here. All right. G'day. It's so great to be back here. We thank you so much for allowing us to come back and share with you the blessings of Australia and what the Lord has done through our ministry. Uh, We are going to be sharing with you a video in just a minute. But a lot of people, when they find out that we have been missionaries in Australia, they say, hey, you don't have to learn a language. And so what I want to do for you is I'm going to speak the Australian that I know. Now, cut me some slack there, Scott, please. But uh, it's not as good as the real Aussies, but it's as close as I can get. And my son is going to interpret for you, and then we'll see what you think. So I'll start off. G'day. Hello. We're Chris and Sonia and Christopher going to Australia. We're Chris, Sonia, and Christopher going to Australia. We've been flat out like a lizard drink since we got on the road. We've been very, very busy since we got on the road. We're dinky die and planning others to Jesus Christ. We're the real thing and planning on leading others to Jesus Christ. Australia's beyond the black stump, you know. Australia's a long way away. Oh, but to hear him talk like this, you think our kangaroos in top pad, okay? Hear him talking like this, you think he's crazy. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You see what I have to deal with now, don't you? <laughs> but me and she and the bloke, little bloke, thank you so much for having us here. But I'm going to have it too much, too, mate. Me and my mom and my dad, thank you so much for having us here. But we've been talking too much. See you later. Now, what do you think about that, huh? <laughs> they, they use phrases over there in Australia that <clears throat> will describe a whole situation, such as I said, mate, you have kangaroos loose in your top paddock, which basically means you're crazy. Because the kangaroos used to, in the old days, they'd get up into the top pasture, jump around, and they would drive the sheep crazy. And so that's what they were saying. That's how they would relate to you as being crazy. And there's so many other things. I could go on and on and on, but I won't do that for you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to now play the didgeridoo. And uh, so you guys can go ahead and step down there. And we'll have a video in just a second. How many know what a didgeridoo is? Wow, Okay. Now, I'll do the best I can. I don't do what they call circular breathing. I did it one time, but boy, that got really difficult, and I decided just to blow it with the limited hot air that I have. This is a didgeridoo, and I've done this before here, but it's basically, if you picture, here's a tree. This was a branch. The term, this branch will fall to the ground. Termites will eat the inside of it out. And then the aborigine comes along, he picks it up, and he paints it and decorates it really nice and pretty because they don't grow on the tree all painted. <laughs> you guys are starting out kind of hard now. Follow along with me. Laugh when I do something that's supposed to be funny. Maybe I'll hold up my hand whenever I want you to laugh so you know. Then they play it as a musical instrument. You're not going to consider it to be music, but they do. And I've watched aborigines as they uh, are listening to someone else playing, and the person who is playing... Or the person who's listening will be sitting there, they'll close their eyes, and they're, they're listening to a story that's being told a lot of times through the music. Now, as I said, I'm just going to try to blow, so be patient with me. <clears throat> Is this mic on for me, please? <laughs> Okay, getting it warmed up there. What do you think about that? Yeah, I saw that gentleman back there going, I know that tune. Yes, I know. Now, uh, who knows what a dingo is? Most of you do, yes. It's a wild Australian dog. Now, as they, as they tell this story, as they're blowing this, they're telling you the story. They're using animals. This takes a lot of air, so if I pass out, please start the video. 
all the stars that come in here <laughs> now uh there's usually a kookaburra who knows what a kookaburra is uh, yes you guys you guys t- just quit raising your hands there <laughs> it's a bird in australia that sounds like a person laughing now this one really takes a lot of air so if i'm not able to do it just forgive me but let's try this <laughs> That's about all. Uh, I ask this at some churches. I don't uh, know that everybody wants to, but would you like to hear Amazing Grace through this? Yeah. Sure. Are you sure? Are you sure? Okay. Amazing. That's as close as you get to Amazing Grace with this thing. Sorry about that. But right now, we're going to take you on a trip down under to Australia, show you some of the country. So you some of the prices of living there and, of course, our ministries that we've had being there. And then I'll be right back up. G'day. I'm Chris. This is my wife, Sonia, and our son, Christopher. G'day. G'day. We are the Goodmans, your missionaries to Australia. And right now we want to take you back to Australia to share our passion for the people of Australia, our ministries in Australia, and we hope that you enjoy this. This is the city of Brisbane, which has approximately 2 million souls. Our next work that we'll be returning to is one hour south. It is called the Gold Coast. Look at these many, many souls who are desperately in need of a Savior. Just to give you a little bit of uh, idea of the cost of living in Australia, 10 bananas is approximately $6.30. As a matter of fact, we love Krispy Kreme, but in Australia, they're about $30 a dozen. And of course, one quart of cookies and ice cream is $11, $9.10 for a pound of chicken, $3.59 for a gallon of milk, $4.80 a gallon for gas. 
and a place to rent. Well, you're looking at $575 a week for rent. Well, basically, he's just saying hello to you people in America, homeless people in Australia. If you blokes would have mine more Chris and Sonia are using the frog and toad. That basically means, well, they're in the RV out on the road. Could you please throw them to Bob? They could really use some bugs money. That means they need the support while they're out on the road so that they can get some money. They are true blue mates and they are fair dinkum. That means they're really true friends and they're truthful about what they're doing. Chris is in his bag of fruit. Asking you to help them throughout the lifeline to those down under. That means he's basically dressed all nice for you people today so that he can come back down under and throw out the lifeline. We have Sheila's blokes and diggers who really need to find Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Once again, he's basically saying that girls, boys, and senior citizens who really need the Lord. What that means, once again, is that we have young men and women and uh, young children. Okay, we have women and men and senior citizens who really need to find the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal son. This is a picture of Karen. She came to our church with her husband, but did not know Jesus Christ as her Savior. And here is a picture of her baptism and what a difference in her life was made when she accepted Jesus Christ. This couple, their names are Selwyn and Lene. They came to our church and after the first service, they came up to me and said, Oh, oh, my goodness, uh, Pastor, can we ask you a question? I was, I was really confused, didn't know what to think about it, but they said, may we come back? And I said, sure you can. And of course, they got saved, and I was able to baptize them. He is calling you and me into the world. How will they hear that there's a God who loves them? How can the blind regain their sight? How can the lost find hope unless we die? that we started in Australia, New Hope Baptist Church. This young man's name is Adrian. He attended our church with his mother. And it was a few weeks afterwards that he came to me after the services one morning and said, Pastor, I would like to be saved. I took him to the back of the room, shared the plan of salvation with him, and he accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. Continue.
tears were running down his face and at his feet was a pool of water from his transformation. What a change in this man's life. Look at all the throngs of people in Australia who are desperately in need of a Savior, Jesus Christ. Please help us as we return to Australia. Pray for us as we go back that we might win more to Jesus Christ. All right. Well, uh, some of you may or may not know, but my parents were missionaries in Australia for 25 years, so I grew up there. And I left Australia at the age of 18 because in the early 70s, Australia, was, they did not like Americans very much at all. And I was constantly, especially in this that we were at in Penrith, bullied and so forth like that. I was called a Bible basher, which is their term for a Christian, somebody who beats them over the head to try to win them to the Lord. And then I was constantly told, Yank, go back to America. You know, so I, I really left at 18 saying, I'm never coming back to this country again. And don't ever tell the Lord, never. Of course, I've always tried and said, Lord, I never want a million dollars. Hey. Anyway, uh, that's a brief, short testimony. Uh, what we're going to do in a second here is I'm going to let my wife say a little bit. And then we're going to open it up to you to ask questions either about us, about Australia, about our ministry, or whatever it may be. Okay. I, I'll just share a quick testimony. I was not, I, uh, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Um, I actually a girl that I'd been working with at a radio station, she came to me one day and she asked me a moral question. And I didn't have a good answer for her. And she said, well, can I tell you what God's word says? And I was 23 years old in my life, at that time in my life. And I was really searching for something. Something was missing. And I said, sure, I'd really love to hear what you have to say. And so she started sharing the word of God with me. And through her influence, I started attending a little Baptist church outside of the town I grew up and went faithfully for a few weeks and then went forward and uh, was praying at the altar. I did not know how to pray. I was 23, didn't know how to pray. And the pastor's wife came to me and she said, if you died today, do you know if you, where you would go? And I said, I have no idea. And so she shared the uh, plan of salvation with me. And that day, I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I can tell you for a fact, he changed my life instantly. And so I walked away from there. I, um, the first missions conference I'd ever attended, I went forward and I surrendered my life to the Lord. I said, God, whatever you want me to do, I want to uh, either be a pastor's wife or a missionary wife, God. Whatever it is you'd have for me, I want to be willing to do that. And so I went away to Bible college at 25, and then I met my husband at the Bible college. And we've been in the minist- we were in the ministry in America here where he came and he said, Honey, what do you think about going to Australia's missionaries? And I said, uh, no way. <laughs> and I, I walked away and I was like, okay, Lord, if you want us in Australia, I need to be willing to go. But if you don't, which I don't think you do, um, can you just change his heart? 
And so I walked away, and I continued to pray, and the Lord started working on my heart. And I went back to him, and I said, if God, if God wants us there, I might be willing to go. He said, oh, okay, honey. So then I continued to pray, and I just had complete peace about it. And I went back to him, and I said, if that's where God wants us, let's go. And I'll just share real quick. Um, a couple of reasons why I was so hesitant is because um, I thought, what do I have to offer these people? Like, I, who am I? And very insecure about it. And so God was just like, it's not you, it's me. And so I had just had to surrender that, um, that to the Lord. And I also wanted to share, before we were he- when we were here before, we asked you to pray for us to have a child because we were not able to have a, um, children Well, we got to Australia. And the Lord blessed us with this little guy. Who's, he'll be 14 in January, so I want to thank you for that. All right. Now, this is your chance and your opportunity to ask us any questions that you may have about us or whatever. Yes, sir. Yes, on your didgeridoo, can you play Timey Tango Down for it? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> no, we can't. Anybody else? <laughs> really? Okay, thank you. Yes, sir. Um, yes and no. You know, like we're restricted as far as uh, going and witnessing to Aboriginal people. Uh, we don't, we're not allowed to because the gospel will change their they at least recognize that. And also, it can be very dangerous, especially in Queensland, to go in some of the communities. Even the police at times will not go into the communities due to uh, riots or violence or whatever may be going on. So it's very dangerous. But as far as uh, COVID has really put a restriction on Australia, just like it did here. <clears throat> Excuse me. But until this year, they, they locked down for nearly two years. You couldn't get into the country. You couldn't get out of the country. And so uh, it has been really uh, a world-changing event, obviously. But in Australia, it's become almost, I would say, um, very communist in, in a way because of the fact that they just wouldn't... My wife would be able to go out for two hours a week during the COVID at one point to do shopping for food. No one else was allowed to leave the home whatsoever. You couldn't even go out and surf at the beach. They would arrest you. And the first fine was $3,000, and the next fine was $5,000. So as a general rule, the government has been predominantly easy on us, but now they've started restricting things. And, of course, um, homosexual marriage and so forth like that is another thing that's popping up, just as it is everywhere. But great question, yes. Somebody else? Yes, ma'am. Oh, yeah. Now, that's a great question. I'm sorry I didn't straighten that out, too. Since, uh, since I left, and the government has changed a lot. And Australia is very open and friendly towards Americans. Yes. Now, I still get a lot of looks. And as, especially uh, my deep voice and uh, my height and so forth like that. I walk into a place, there's no problem at all. But as soon as I speak, it's like this. Everybody kind of <laughs> looks right at me like that. You know, they, there's a big yank in there talking. But uh, they, they have a lot of visitors. So they're very much more accepting towards uh, Americans and a lot of different cultures. Yeah. Yes. Prime Minister now? Boy, he would ask that. <laughs> this guy, he shouldn't be. Anthony Albanese, that's his name. He has been elected since we left. So uh, he's what you would consider to be uh, very liberal, very liberal in his thinking and so forth. Now, in Australia, they have two parties, Labor and Liberal. 
And the Liberal Party is actually the more conservative party. So, good question. Someone else. Yes? Scottish and English? Yes, definitely. Especially when I grew up in Penrith, we had some in our church there. And they migrated to Australia, which was very easy to do because of the queen. Is she, until, of course, she just passed away. That she was uh, still recognized as a, a head of state, I guess you might say, even though they have a prime minister. Uh, at one point, she was able to fire the prime minister of Australia, which was quite a shock to everybody at that time. Yes, they are very quick and easy to jump onto that. Uh, he is homeschooled because we do not like the public school system at all. I, I actually was in it for a couple of years when I was in Australia. And it really uh, was, and this was in the 70s, and it was pretty crazy. And so I can't imagine how far it's gone today. But he is homeschooled, and yes, they do have all those things coming in. Uh, greenies, is what they call them over in Australia, are people who are, um, what's the word you use here in America? Um, somebody help me out. Global warming. Uh, global warming people, so forth like that. What was it? Tree climbers. Tree climbers. Yeah, there you go. Yes, good question. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. This one here. <laughs> My wife and son are happy to answer any questions if they can too. If you have any for them. Somebody else? Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah, they do have religious instruction. Why don't you share that one? Yeah, it is open to, you can go into the schools um, and teach what they call R, is it R-A? Religi- or R-I, sorry, religious instruction. Um, so you are able to uh, go in and teach uh, religion, but you can't share the gospel unless they actually ask you about being saved or what, what we believe. And then also, which is really neat in Australia, is they're open to what we call letterboxing. You can actually go and put um, information about the church and gospel pamphlets into mailboxes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, when we first, uh, the second work when we went there, I bought one of these little 110cc motorcycles. It was an old postman's bike. And so I would go out and I would spend uh, time putting those in first services we had over 30 people come from the community it was really exciting to see that many people in australia it takes on average about four to five years to lead someone to the lord it takes time and patience to do that and so uh you know to have that many people show up for the first service was really exciting okay yeah we were we're going back next summer um, Lord willing. And so that's our plan. We were planning on being back this summer, but then as you know, inflation hit. And as you saw those prices, when we first made the video, those were current prices and I had to change that. And that really took about, uh, I would say a good 15 to 20% of our support out from underneath us right away. So we've had to go and start raising some more support before we go back. Um, and so I ask you to pray with us about that. We can get that raised so we can get back over there. The first church that we started, uh, the pastor that's there now, he has, uh, gotten uh, prostate cancer. And so 
he's kind of needing me to come back there and to either help out or uh, help to find someone else to take it over for him. So I'd ask you to pray about that. And uh, our support level uh, is probably uh, just 90%, I'd say, what we need to have over there. So we're, we're doing well, but you don't ever want to go over under-supported because then you have to end up coming back. And we've been there for a long time, so we're blessed in so many ways that uh, we're dual citizens, by the way. We've got American citizenship in Australia, and we took that out as soon as we could. And that has helped us in so many ways because as, as somebody says, well, you're a Yank, I say, hey, mate, no, I'm, a, I'm an Aussie. I say, I got my, my dual citizenship, and I can prove it to you. And that means a lot to them that we have taken on the citizenship of the country. But, of course, Australia means even more to us because of the fact that our son was born there and that the Lord blessed us with him. And, of course, we love the people of Australia, too. So it's, it's really it's just it's home to us yes somebody else good oh yes ma'am uh well it can it can be different well over there how i made friends was i my mom involved me in a soccer team and uh we we got friends with them, and we invited them to our church. You could see a few of them in the video. And they they came a few times, and they were our friends. But most of them weren't Christians. I did have one Christian friend, but and um, but then we had to leave, so he's over there now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's difficult. Uh, we invited, we have people in our homes constantly because we find that's the best way to get them to know. We're not just converting them. Uh, we are, but we don't really want them to necessarily know that. But we want them to know that we're real people. Is that the best way to put it? But we're just normal. And most of them will be shocked and amazed that, hey, that how many have ever tasted or seen Vegemite? Uh, how many like Vegemite? <laughs> he was indoctrinated as a baby, probably. <laughs> Most normal people don't, Scott. Sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. but it is nasty. But it, it is anything. <laughs> uh, it, unless you grow up on it, my parents have adjusted to it. But I never could quite do it. To me, it's kind of like axle grease. I'm sorry, but <laughs> but a lot of Australians love it. It's kind of like their peanut butter, I guess you might say. When you say, and so they, that is one of the things that you. You bring them into your home and you try to be as much Aussie as you can, even though you're American. And we try to fit in. We try to adjust. We try to adapt to the culture because that is the best way to reach people is to show them that we are not trying to be an American church in Australia. We're trying to be an Australian church and try to lead them to Jesus Christ, just like we would here. But that is the most important thing is that missionaries need to learn to adapt to cultures wherever they go. And if they don't do that, they won't last there very long. And tonight I'll be sharing some stories with you about how that, um, the adapting was harder for my wife especially. Now I still have some things where I, I, I have to adjust myself. When, like I said to you, kookaburra. How we say it, but I used to think it was called kookaburra. And that is wrong because I was out one time with the guys and, and I said, hey, listen to that kookaburra. And they just went, ah! They just laughed really hard. Because I mispronounced it. And of course, I'm standing there going, what did I do? What did I do? So anyway, that, that's just part of culture. But you have to learn to adapt and you have to let those things roll off your back and not let them bother you. 
been great questions. We only got a couple more minutes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably the, uh, the, the um, tourist area of Australia. It's the number one tourist area of Australia. And we have cultures from everywhere. As a matter of fact, the first church that you saw there, Grace Baptist Church, is probably right now 80% Islander. They, they, have, they come into the area, they migrate there, uh, and they just are so much easier to reach. The biggest problem we have with Islanders, though, is that they have grown up in church. They have a great respect for it. But they've grown up in church and never really accepted the Lord as their Savior. So the first thing we have to do is we have to share with them that they have a need for Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And that takes time and patience. And, but our church has grown. The, the Grace Baptist Church has through Islanders. The, one that, the second one we started was mostly in a predominantly uh, white Australian area. And so that was a lot slower growing. But it is, uh, it is the capital of Australia tourism goes so people come in and out all the time and we are we are blessed to have a great location over there uh in in a major street and people get to see us all the time and we have people drop in sometimes just to see what's going on because they hear a bunch of crazy singing going on and so forth yes one more question i think i've got time yes sir yes church of england anglican yes that would be the predominant now i have to uh, rephrase that and say that the fastest growing, and I'll call it religion in Australia, and what they put on their, um, their uh, census is no religion. That's what's growing fastest in Australia. And so I would ask you to pray with us about that. Church of England still has a great stronghold, but of course, uh, Islam has grown fast over there. You'll drive around, you'll see mosques and so forth like that too. But it's a, it's a country that the people are very friendly, very outgoing, very welcoming. But as soon as you talk, and I was talking with Scott about this, as soon as you mention the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll say to you, oh, mate, I got my own religion. And you say, well, what is that? Oh, no, mate, don't you worry, I got my own. It takes time is what I'm trying to say to you. Time to win them to the Lord, and you got to be patient. So I'd ask you to help pray for us that when we go back, we're more patient, and we lead these folks to the Lord and see the Lord's kingdom grow even greater. Thank you. God's people said, amen. Looking forward to tonight. Let's stand together. And uh, God bless them for their faithfulness. And uh, where is your home base now in the States? Where are you guys like? Probably in Missouri where my parents are. Up in Missouri. Okay. So pray for them and think about them as you pray for them. Greet our visitors. They'll be coming in a little bit later. And um, take some time to go by. There's a table there in the foyer. Go by and get a prayer card if you have them. And uh, speak with them if you can. And so God bless you. You're dismissed. On behalf of everyone at Beacon Baptist Church, we thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that your heart and life has been impacted through the biblical truths of this message. If you have questions or would like more information, please contact us through our website at beaconbaptistchurch.org. That's beaconbaptistchurch.org. May the Lord bless you.